God is a good God, and he's faithful. His word is true. We can depend on it and act on it. Um, we know that God spoke to Moses about his nature and his goodness in, um, in Exodus 34, 6. The, uh, <laughs> in the New King James, um, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. So it's established we serve a good, faithful God. Mm. He's good, and he has provided good gifts for us. In James 1.17, again in the New King James, every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation of shadow or turning. So we see... God is just a good God. We see these characteristics of our God throughout the Bible, but in Psalms 23, 91, and 103, they're full of how much God loves us and cares and provides for us. Um, you can all look those up and read them all for yourselves. Um, sometimes we don't know how much God is working on our behalf. I remember many years ago in a service when there was a guest speaker, and when she called those that wanted prayer to the front, I went up. And she moved through the prayer line, came to me, and she prayed with me and <clears throat> moved on. And then she came back to me and prayed again. And again, she moved on. And she came back another time and laid hands on me and prayed with me. And, and when she finished, she just looked me eyeball to eyeball, and she said, you have no idea what God is doing for you. That, that moved me, that, that um, I really got into the word. I wanted to know how good God was. I'm thankful, thankful, thankful that he's such a good God. Um, God loves us unconditionally. He wants us prosperous, and he wants us healthy. 3 John uh, 1, 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you prosper. <clears throat> I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospered. I looked up the word prosper, and it uh, basically means success in every area. Because I was praying and believing for healing for my unborn grandson, the word prosper in all things from this verse spoke to me and said success in my children, in my grandchildren, and in my great-grandchildren. So through, through Jesus' death and resurrection, he has provided our every need. We have a responsibility in receiving that, that, that provision that he has provided for us. We must know what the word says in my circumstances know and believe what the word says about healing. I continually kept praying and saying healing scriptures. I cast down all the negative thoughts that came to me, and there were many constantly coming toward me because of doctor's reports not being favorable. I cast them down and got back in the word, and out loud I would repeat healing scriptures. 
and I would tell God I knew he was a good God, and I knew he loved me unconditionally, and he heard my prayers. I knew that. I don't know. Have you ever wondered why it's easier to pray for somebody else than it is to pray and believe for yourself? I think because we don't physically feel the pain of the sickness, disease, or the injury that they have, or the emotions of a financial need that they need met, or the pain of losing a loved one, we can stay focused on the word and address their need. We can keep them focused as well. Um, Sometimes we're strong and confident, unmovable when we pray, and can speak to our mountain and see results like the woman with the issue of blood. In Luke 8, 43 to 48, you can read that account. She knew and she believed in her heart that if she could get to Jesus and touch the hem of his garment, she would be healed. And she did whatever she had to do to make that happen. She, she fought through crowds. She legally wasn't supposed to be out in public, but she was. She knew she would get to Jesus. And when she touched the hem of his garment, she was healed. And Jesus knew the power went out of him, and he asked, who touched me? And she answered him. She didn't cower away or anything. She answered him, and he told her, your faith has made you whole. Other times, we might need help, not standing on our own. For example, in Luke 5, 17 to 26, we read about the paralyzed man who couldn't get to Jesus because he was on a mat, he was paralyzed. But he had like-minded faith men help him to the point of lowering him through the roof so that he could get to Jesus because they couldn't get through the crowd. The, The crowd were unbelievers, and he couldn't get through them. So the only thing they could do. It's okay to go to others when you need help. I needed help staying focused on the word when we were believing for a miracle for our grandson. I had like-minded faith people to help me, who would keep me focused, who would tell me when I was doubting or when I was repeating the the bad report from, from the doctor. They would tell me, get back in the word, repeat the healing scriptures. You know better. You know the truth of the word. Speak that. Last summer, our son and his wife, Michael and Kaylin, called us. They're living out west, quite far away. They called us and told us they were expecting their second child. A new baby is always exciting news, and we were excited, so happy. Shortly after that, they got an unfavorable doctor's report. The baby most likely would be born autistic and have many other disabilities throughout his body. They definitely could see a cleft lip in the ultrasounds. They were recommending a medical abortion. Not only one doctor, but specialists were recommending a medical abortion. This was devastating news. Jim and I went to prayer immediately. We, we, we listened to them when they called us. They, we heard all that the doctor said, but we didn't receive it as truth. We went to the word. And we ask God, you know, this does not have to be. We know that. We know your healing hand is on our baby grandson. After several appointment tests and ultrasounds and much prayer on our part, they decided not to abort the baby. 
they said, we will deal with whatever happens. Uh, We kept praying for wisdom for them and praying healing scriptures over the baby and for wisdom for us to know exactly what to say to them and when to say it. But we stayed focused on the word. The medical teams, did after they did lots and lots of tests, and they sent their test results and the amniotic fluid to Finland because their technology is more advanced than ours in, in this area. The results came back from Finland that there were no abnormalities, nothing abnormal in the baby's development, no autism or abnormal organ development. Such huge result. God is a good God, and he hears and answers our prayers. He was born on time and weighed 7 pounds, 14 ounces. He was, he was a big, happy baby. He required a couple surgeries, one to correct, correct, to correct a cleft lip. This surgery was successfully completed. You can barely even see the scar. I had an, um, the opportunity today to FaceTime with him and his mom, and he, he's so happy. He's smiling and cooing and waving at me, and you can barely see the scar. Um, they were told the other surgery would take three operations to complete, but glory to God, he, he led them to the doctor who perfected the technique for this surgery. And once the doctor saw our grandson, it didn't appear to be as severe as the videos and the picture showed. He was able to successfully complete the operation, com- complete it completely in one operation. This is the miraculous power of God. I looked up the word miracle on dictionary.com, and it means an effect or extraordinary event in the physical world that surpasses all known human or natural powers and is ascribed to a supernatural cause. Such an effect or event manifesting or considered as a work of God, a wonder, a marvel, a wonderful or surpassing example of some quality. I'm, I'm, I'm going to step back now, and my husband will give you more information on the goodness of God in, in these situations and miracles that he's worked in our lives. I'm not going to get too deep into, into, uh, oh, she's, <laughs> bye. <laughs> there goes my support system. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yes, you are all here. That's right. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Um, anyway, I, I won't get too deep into, I, I guess as you can probably tell, our message tonight is about the goodness of God, and, and probably more specifically in our own lives. Um, generally speaking, we've been so blessed by God that I got a sign and put it up on our door, of our front door of our apartment, and it says, blessed beyond measure. And this was long before we started hearing all the, the bad reports about the baby, and all, all of a sudden, the good reports, you know? But God is so faithful, and he is so good. Uh, he, over the years, he's blessed us with uh, employment when we were down and out, a house when we were renting in a place that we didn't want to be, 
protection for us and for our children and our grandchildren and much more. We've had instances where some of our children have been in a bad situation. Uh, our youngest son was in a, a, an ATV wreck. But again, when you, you stand back and you start looking at the situation, and you see, okay, he was going to ride an ATV with a buddy of his. He'd never ridden an ATV before, didn't have a helmet. My oldest son had a friend who said, oh, I have a helmet. He can borrow this helmet, a brand new helmet. So anyway, off they went into the woods, flipped the ATV because they were inexperienced and uh, uh, got themselves in a, a real jam. The, uh, his friend was uh, end up with a, a broken wrist, had to have surgery and pins put in his wrist. Uh, a couple of other injuries that I just can't remember specifically now. Uh, Michael, our son, uh, had a severe concussion. Even with that helmet, the doctor said, had it not been for the helmet, we would have been looking at something much, much worse. So, praise God, there was another example of how good God is. You know, the, the fellow that loaned the helmet, he didn't even want to be reimbursed for the helmet. The helmet was destroyed. Didn't want to be reimbursed for the helmet, but we said, no, no, trust me, the cost of the helmet, pick the best one you want. It's a small price to pay for having our son back with us. Our oldest son, just a few years ago, started a brand new job. On the first day of the job, he was out working, they had to work around an excavator, and he was putting supports underneath the outriggers of the excavator so it wouldn't sink in the, in the muddy soil. And whoever, the guy was driving the, the excavator, it turned out it was his boss, wasn't paying attention, swung the bucket around, struck Scott in the head. He didn't have a hard hat on because he was told, oh, you don't need a hard hat on this job because you're, you know, we're outside. There's no, no overhead hazards and things like that. Anyway, cracked him in the head with the bucket uh, and cracked his skull open. Uh, I think it was 24 stitches. Well, Linda, you're not sure either. <laughs> Something to that effect. I have a picture, or did have a picture, that it would kind of gross you out if, this, if you saw it. So anyway, long story short, he survived the injury. No serious harm other than trying to recover from concussion again. And Galen, you're probably aware of uh, some of the things you deal with with that, headaches and the things like that. But again, nothing, nothing that really came too close to threatening his life. But had we not, had he not been covered in prayer all these years, and, and again, I'm not, don't give us all the credit. When, when he, his name is Scott. When, we were, when he was six years old, we were at the Billy Graham crusade, and, and I was working in the crusade in the choir and on the floor with the, with the counselors. Meanwhile, he's up and way up in the bleachers with his mother, and when Billy Graham gave the call to come down, he said to his mother, I, I want to go down. And she said, you want to go down? Just yes, I want, to, I want to give my heart to Jesus. So at six years old, here he is. You know, the verse, the Bible says a little child shall lead them. Well, there he is, a six-year-old leading his mother down because he wanted to get saved. And so don't, don't tell me that, that God doesn't reach little children. And uh, I'm sure there's some examples where they're younger than that, you know, because God looks on the heart and speaks to your inner self, you know, not these ears necessarily. Well, it, he does, but, but he speaks to your inner man. So here's a six-year-old, receive Jesus as his Savior. So 
it's because of that, when you add all that into the mix, you say, well, it's no wonder he was protected, all, you know, or they were protected through all these things. Now, my youngest son, again, went on to play football. He was told at a young age he had scoliosis in his spine, severe scoliosis. Doctor said, it may get to a point where he'll have to wear a corrective boot or boots. He may have to have surgery and insert a, a, a rod in his back to support his spine and try and straighten it out. Michael went on because he didn't accept that. When he was a child, we just let him go. You want to go run and tear around, go ahead. Do, basically, do your thing. You know, within reason, you've got to keep an eye on them as parents. But we didn't restrict him from doing what he wanted to do. Michael went on to play baseball, to play soccer, to play high school football. He was the quarterback of his team for two seasons anyway. But again, the concussions started happening again. So after the third concussion... Uh, I just had to say, I talked to the doctor, and the doctor said, you got to stop this right now in, in, in his tracks. Don't, don't let him play any more football because these are three se severe concussions that he's had, the one on the ATV and two more in football. So I said to the coach, I said, well, he's done. So the coach was adamant he was coming back because they didn't, they really had, they had a backup quarterback, but he was very inexperienced compared to what Michael was. I said, I'm sorry, you need to go with the backup because he's not playing anymore. And we had to force the issue with him because he was almost insistent that, no, no, you're not coming off the team. I said, you're not in charge here. I'm in charge. He's my son, and he's not playing anymore. So praise God. He, he, he brought us through those situations and much, much more. Um, I believe the blessing of God is on Linda and I, and it's on our children and our children's children. And it just, it just goes on and on, as far as you want it to take it. And we now have four great-granddaughters who we're saying the blessing is on them as well. They're just, you know, um, we don't really have a concern for any of them. We just keep them in prayer and uh, let them get on with their lives. Now, uh, like I said, were there tribulations along the way? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, there, there were many. <laughs> uh, and they were only, they weren't even, they weren't always physical. There were Financial issues, uh, employment issues, like I said earlier, uh, all sorts of things. The normal things that people go through. But when you know that you know that you know that your God is bigger than all those situations, he's going to see you through. And you can cast the care of that on him, just like the Word tells us to, and that's what we do. We just cast the care of that on him, and he sees us through. He blesses us. Financially, if I look back, I said, my goodness, I don't know where. We live comfortably. Let me, let me put it that way. We're not wealthy. We live comfortably. And if we want something, we can go and get it. I was thinking, Pastor, when you were doing the offering tonight, uh, about tithes and offerings. And I said, if you bring the tithes into the storehouse, God will open the windows of heaven and pour blessing upon you that you are unable to contain. How do you think those, that surgery with, with uh, our grandson got paid? Because of tithes and offerings and things, money that was sowed into the year. That sur one surgery cost $22,000 Canadian. And the, early on, that hit Michael and Kaylin like a, a, a stone in the head. 
they weren't prepared for that, but they knew that that surgeon was the best source of getting this problem corrected. So fortunately, we, were, we had the wherewithal at the time to pay for that first surgery. And the blessing is, there was only one required. They, don't ha- they no longer have to worry about the, about the uh, other two surgeries and the 40-some thousand dollars that would go with it, you know. So that was a big load off of them. So there's the blessing, okay? God will open the windows of heaven. He poured the blessing out. He poured it out on us so that we could be a blessing. And it, a blessing doesn't have to be sown um, to a stranger or, or to somebody else. It can be done right inside your family. We were just proof, proof of that. Anyway, the word says there's going to be tribulations. Jesus said there's going to be tribulations. But what, what did he say after that? Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. In the world, you will have tribulation. But don't worry. I've got it handled. I've overcome the world. That, when I wrote that down, it brought me to Pastor Carlo used to sing, there's only two times to praise the Lord, when you feel like it and when you don't. And, and I think of that all the time, all the time. I used to so enjoy singing that song because it's, there's so much truth in that. You know, Paul and Silas, the example in the Word, in stocks, in the lower depths of the prison, in the poo, what did they do? Did they get down in the dumps and all, down, down in the whatever? And... No, well, they were there, but they didn't. They didn't let that get to them. They broke out in song and praised God and just thanked him for all the goodness that's gone on before they got to that situation. And all of a sudden, the blessing came on them. Boom, the, 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 the stocks fell off, the chains fell off, the prisoners, and everybody was set free, you know, the whole prison. And then they all got saved in the, in the end. So, my goodness, it's just awesome. I, I had some thoughts. And, and this is kind of a gleaning from Pastor Paul, Pastor Gary, James, when you've been speaking, others that have gotten up here and, and spoken. Um, message that I listened to online. Um, anyway, just... As I'm listening, something kind of pops into my spirit, and, and I start writing it down. And, and most of the time, it doesn't make any sense. It just, I said, where, does that, where did that come from out of that message? Don't know. Write it down, and God will put it together later on. Well, that's what he started to do. So I said, I, I wrote this down one time. It's time to get honest with ourselves. God already knows when we're not being honest. So it's up to us, okay? It falls back on us. You can't just say, okay, God, do something. God's going, no, you, you do something. You know, trust in me, and I'll provide you with the answers that you need to get things done. So how many want to experience God's promises for themselves? Everybody? Should be every hand in the place going up. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Everybody. Just an example of... of where I'm kind of going with this. In, in Numbers 20, 8 to 12, this is a story of Moses. Let's just go there. Numbers 20. I, I thought I'd have this marked, but I didn't. Numbers 20, starting in verse 8. Take the rod and gather the assembly together. Uh, gather, gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye to the rock. 
That's the key there. Speak ye to the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water, and you shall bring forth to them and water the water out of the rocks, so that they shall give the congregation and their beasts to drink. And Moses took the rod. See, you see it going bad all of a sudden? Moses took the rod from him before the Lord as he commanded him. God never commanded him to take the rod and do anything. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels. Now, <laughs> and he's about to be the most rebellious, but he's calling them rebels. Must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand with this rod and smote the rock twice, the rock twice, and the water came out abundantly, and, all, and the congregation drank, and also all their beasts. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, Because you believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. So, one act of disobedience, I, I, I started thinking, was Moses just ticked off at the people because of what he's had to go through all this time in the wilderness? Did he mishear God? Did he just ignore what God was telling him to do? Uh, was it a pride thing? Oh, I'm going to do this. It worked with the rod before. Maybe it'll work again. I, I, I don't know what something he had a little hiccup in the brain or whatever, or his ears or something. And it, but it cost him the ability to enter into the promised land, which was the fulfillment, which would have been the fulfillment of God's plan for him. The same thing can be said about us today. When we ignore or disobey or don't even hear what God tells us to do, we lose out on the blessing he has in store for our lives. It, again, it's, we'll, we'll touch on it a little bit, in a little bit, but it's about God is looking for obedience. It's better than sacrifice. God wants our attention. He wants a close relationship with us. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you because it's, my burden is easy and, and, and light. And I like what Pastor said. The yoke was not a big wooden yoke like you see on oxen like that. The yoke was Jesus going like this, just put his arm around you, around your shoulder like that, and said, okay, let's go. We're going to walk this out. Whatever happens, the bumps in the road, we'll take care of them. I got your back. I'm going with you. That's Jesus' yoke. That's why it's easy and light, you know. So, now it doesn't mean, okay, if we miss it, okay, if, we're, if we ignore, disobey, or whatever, when God is trying to get our attention, doesn't mean that we won't get to heaven. It just, misses, it just means we miss out on what uh, God has prepared for us on this earth. And perhaps a reward system in heaven based on your faithfulness with the things that he trusts you with here while you're walking it out in the earth. So I, I encourage you, don't just read the word or, and, and, and even speak the word, but do what the word says. Seek first the kingdom of God, okay? And that means getting close to Jesus, having a relationship. Get... Avoid the distractions. Get yourself in a quiet place when you want to be in 
communion with Jesus. Don't do it in front of the TV. Never mind putting your headphones on, listening to music and anything like that. I know people may have different ways of doing things. I can't do it that way. I have to get quiet. I have to have no noise and, uh, and no distractions. And, uh, oh, no, I won't, I won't go there. Anyway. <sighs> See, I'm learning. I'm learning. Praise God. <laughs> we're, uh, hopefully we're all learning. Um, th- this is a little snippet that I heard from a, a teaching by... Um, anyway, regardless, I just wanted to give him credit, because I'm not taking the credit for this, because it's, like I say, it's other people and God dropping things into my spirit. By rejecting the word, you're pushing away your salvation, healing, prosperity, blessing, you know, you name it. If you're unsaved and you don't, you know, you just say, no, I don't want to hear that. That's, you know, craziness to me. That's your salvation you're pushing away. You don't even realize what you're doing when you're saying that. And if you are saved, if you're pushing it away, the word away, you're, you're limiting what God is able to do in your life. So, so, okay, I thought sometimes people don't get healed because they just want the healing without the relationship. You know, just take the gift and go, you know. Don't even say thank you, just beat it. Um, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. God will, he, he will and can, can and will bless you, but he wants you to hang around because there's a lot more where that came from. But you don't give him the time to even allow him to teach you through himself or through others, that that's where you're headed if you'll just listen and obey. Sometimes as Christians, okay, that one was about basically the unsaved, but sometimes as Christians, we're what I call pretenders. I think I got that from Pastor Gary. I think he used that once as pretenders. But We want the blessings, but we're afraid of relationship. You know, the commitment of relationship. Because God may want us to do something we don't want to do or think we're not qualified for. Um, therefore, we're not doing his will. I, I want to tell you something right now. If, if that's what's going on in your spirit, dismiss that. Just come against that in the name of Jesus. Because with God, all things are possible. He just wants us to get on with the program. Get close to him. Allow him to put that arm, that yoke, that easy, gentle yoke on you and walk with you. This is not like oxen that got to be whipped and yelled at and the horns haul on the horns and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's not that way with him. You don't have to do anything except just receive that yoke and away you go. So don't be a pretender. It's in you. You just have to let go of some things to let it come out. Sometimes we're dealing with um, uh, the qualifications thing. We, we don't feel that we're qualified. We don't feel that we have the gift of speak, public speaking. We don't have this. We don't have that. Just push that aside. Do you want to push something like I was saying before about pushing? That's the stuff to push away. Don't push away the blessing of God. Push away those things that are trying to distract you from getting in touch with the Word of God. Um, 
This one, I don't know where this came from, but I, I liked it. <laughs> Did you know that what God says to you privately are his words? Not just the written word? So if you're close to him, if you're in that relationship, and you're listening, he'll speak to you. That's the word of God. As long as you recognize the voice of the Good Shepherd, you know, because there's another voice that's trying to uh, run interference with that. And we all know the loser he is. He's trying to mess with me right now in, in the uh, area of healing. He knows he can't get to me with fear. So he's done everything that I could ever think of and more to mess up getting the medications and things that the doctors want me to get to proceed with this. I could go, it would take me another half hour just to go through all the nonsense and the jumping through hoops and the phone calls back and forth, back and forth that I've had to go through in the last week of over this. Now it's all straightened away. I had a CT scan a week ago. The, and that in itself is God's hand all over the, getting those scans done because I wasn't due to have one until the 22nd. I had them both a week before that. So the CT scan was showing something. My family doctor called me. He said, uh, yeah, this was after the, the uh, oncologist called me. Family doctor said, the scan is showing something, he said, and I want to, it's in the bowel, he said, and I want to, rec I want to, uh, I want to refer you to a specialist. I said, okay. And I'm going to book a MRI, and I'm going to get you to do some blood work. So I said, okay. So get the requisition for the blood work. Had the blood work done today. That was at 11.30. 3 o'clock, two minutes, five after three, somewhere in that area, I got a call from the family doctor. He said, uh, the referral... Or the doctor, the specialist that I referred you to, he said, uh, I'm not making the appointment. He said, there's nothing there that we need to deal with. <laughs> so, so see, see, you see what happens? It, it's just, it's God all over everything. You just, he said, there's nothing there. He said, yes, there's a couple of little things that are off. He said, but that's, he said, I'm not even going to, in other words, I can't be bothered wasting my time with this guy because there's no, there's nothing there that he needs me for. So the doctor says, okay. We'll do the blood work. He said, your blood work didn't show anything. So I said, yeah, I figured that. <laughs> but, but, but he said, I'll, I'll see you in, in another three months or so. He said, we'll, we'll see where you go from there. But I know where I'm going from there. So I'm, I'm not concerned about it at all. So. so the enemy, I want you to know you're stupid. You try to mess with people, children of God. And all we have to do is stand on the word and trust God that he's faithful and he's so, so good. And he's got your back. And by the way, you're defeated and I know where you end up. So anyway, all that, some negative stuff in there. But I, I, I said that to, because maybe somebody is dealing with some of the stuff, you know, because when I was doing, I'm speaking to myself. Okay, there's, I don't have it all together. There's things that I have issues with, things that I'm dealing with and corrections that I have to make but I'm way far down the road from where I was, even only a short time ago. So God is working in me, and I hope and I trust that he's working in you.
God loves you. I just want to close with this. God loves you, and he's not mad at you. Oops, I almost, I can't get. You did a good job in that because I didn't even know it was there. <laughs> God loves you, and he's not mad at you. We heard pastors say that all the time. And I, I said, yes, I take that to heart because sometimes you think, God, what's going on here? Anyway, he wants to set you free so that you can love him and have a relationship with him. He wants to set you free from all the things that have been holding you back from being at peace in your life. So trust God and get on with it, because he's got a work for us to do, and uh, we're going to get it done. Praise God. That's it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.